he's he's my guy. Well, I'm going to stick with him here. There's no question about it. So that's who I put on top, Jared. You knew that. I mean, you knew I had to go there. I'm I am beyond excited to watch this. Oh match. man, I, I'm trying to decide how I, you know how I want to approach this with you. Um, I I don't. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post. Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up? I'm Jared Waltese, Aaron Halterman. This is a Blinkers Office Up, my friend. What's going on, man? It's another week, man. We did really well last week on the show. Got a lot to live up to. I hope you're ready. Oh, you're ready. Look at that. I'm ready. I just cracked open another. Um, I had, I did have White Claw. Now it's a, I, I had Pineapple Trulies uh, left. So, and you'll know. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah, the, the, what is that, the, uh, what are you drinking there? Black cherry Red ch- Black, yeah, yeah, that's what I had yeah. a second ago. But, yeah, so I'm ready. Uh, yeah, last weekend, uh, how about that? Was that, was a good weekend? The, 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 uh, the pod did very well. Um, we had a bunch of preps, uh, we have more preps this weekend, so, uh, you know what, I guess let's first kick things off with, let's just get it out of the way, all right, because I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's not going to be the best thing I saw. Oh. The Super Bowl was a disaster. Mm. Okay, mm. you don't. Everyone that hates me talking about the Chiefs, well, congratulations. We're done talking about the Chiefs. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think everyone's yeah, a little surprised by what happened. I, I, like I've been telling everybody, it's like it's not like I. I mean, I thought they would win, but if they were to lose, it wouldn't have been absolutely shocking. But it's. The fact that they how they lost and they didn't score a single mm. touchdown. It's almost like when you pick a horse and the horse is like, you know, three to five or something and just runs dead last. And you're just mm-hmm. like, that is so bad. Like, it's so bad. I don't even believe that it was that bad. You know what I mean? And that's how that's how the Super Bowl was the whole the whole time. Obviously, the worst uh, defeat in Mahomes is, you know, very young career. Um, he hasn't been beat like that, plain and simple, in a very, very long time. So. It was rough. It was rough. Uh, congrats, you know, to Tampa Bay and the GOAT, Tom Brady. I mean, unbelievable. Seven rings now. I mean, he's got so many damn Super Bowls. He's, like, he, literally throwing the, the Lombardi trophy over, uh, from boat to boat on the parade. Like, that, it doesn't, he doesn't care. It's like, yeah, whatever. It's another one. But it was, rough, it was rough, rough to watch. But, uh, you know, I think we'll be back. You hate to see it. You really do. Yeah, they, listen, y'all didn't. Didn't prepare for the game, other than Mahomes. I think Mahomes is ready, but y'all didn't. Other ones now didn't prepare. Receivers couldn't catch balls. Receivers couldn't get open. Offensive linemen couldn't block. Defense acted like they didn't have any idea how to play against Tampa Bay. 
it was a shit show for the Chiefs other than number 15. I actually, a lot of people, and of course, what I've been telling you and what I always say, quarter, like wins and losses, that's not a quarterback stat. That's not a quarterback stat. There's so many other things involved in a, in a football game. Honestly, I kind of felt like I walked away from the Super Bowl kind of like I walked away from Zidyata when she lost the Breeders' Cup. Mm-hmm, uh, and mm-hmm, I thought, mm-hmm. yeah, she lost, but she really proved a lot. I thought Mahomes was fucking outstanding in that game. He Because it was one on 11. He didn't have any yeah. help. He yep. would dodge six yep. guys, run backwards 30 yards, dodge another three guys, jump in the air, be lateral, throw it 50 yards, hit a guy right in the hands, and he would drop it. Yeah, or in the face mask and he'd drop it. Well, it was yeah, just yeah, un- and then it just shows you how stupid like like ESPN is now with their with their shock you know the shock jocks they're like oh Mahomes got beat by Brady it's like did you watch the game like Mahomes had no chance in that game the, yeah. the their their team they sucked Jared I'm sorry they no sucked. you don't have to be a Paul I mean I I agree I there's there's did they I just saw your name, by the way, Picky Rasternak. That's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm Picky Rasternak. Good morning, everybody. Uh, yeah, I I cannot. I don't I, know. It's like, did they practice? I, I don't know. I, it was, yeah. I mean, literally was horizontal to the ground. Yeah. And throws a throws a strike <laughs> that would have been a touchdown. Boink. Boink. I mean, if you, I don't know if you've watched, I haven't watched all of it, but I've watched some of the, uh, you know, the Super Bowl, like NFL films, like the, the mic'd up stuff. And even like the offensive, like Godwin and, and Evans and those guys on the sidelines for the Bucks were like, holy shit. Like, even though they weren't completing the pass, it was just like, Mahomes is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I don't know how he's doing these things. I mean, he would, like you said, he would, he would hike it. He would, he would double back this way, and then he'd double back this way, and then he'd run this way, and then he'd fr- try to juke a defender. <laughs> By the way, he just had surgery on his foot, so he had a bad foot. He was literally trying to do anything he could to salvage that game. And then when he would throw a strike that is maybe the best incompletion in Super Bowl history, yeah. uh, and they wouldn't catch it, you could, you just kind of like, what am I, you know, what am I supposed to do? So. <laughs> Um, you know, that, you know, Brady got in the heads of the, of the defense, which I thought was completely disappointing. And, and it's like, really? Like, equally as, lar- as hilarious, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you got the, it honey was just badger. A- the honey badger is supposed to be this badass, And like this 43 year old white dude is like messing with you. I mean, it was freaking hilarious to watch that. I'm sorry, Jared. I know they just got outplayed on every, it was a perfect storm and, and every regard of the game. And I, and I, and I'm, I'm not, the the officiating was awful. I'm not going to say we lost because officiating because we didn't, but it didn't help. And it was just one thing after another. And it was weird. It was definitely weird because as, as chiefs fans, you know, we're just used to Mahomes kind of making that comeback. You know, you're just kind of waiting, you're waiting. And even at at halftime, you're like, well, we're still, we can still win this game. Oh yeah. I thought they were going to win. Yeah. And, to just you know, you kind of got the vibe that hey man, this isn't gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> like I don't know, it, it was rough, but you know, there's their favorites to win again next year, and yeah. hopefully they can do something to win with that offensive line. And as long as Mahomes is quarterback, I mean, shit, uh, they're gonna be in every they're gonna be every year at least have a shot. It's so. kind of a cliche, Jared, but I think they not Mahomes again. He's excluded because I thought he played great. I think they kind of started to get the big head, and I hate that like phrase because it's just kind of like lame and it's kind of feels like an old take you know it's like oh they got the big head you know it's like something your grandpa would say but in this case it's like i kind of feel like the chiefs may have went into this game thinking we're just going to kick their ass and they didn't really prepare 
That's really what it looked like to me, especially mm-hmm. on defense, because it's like they they made Tampa look ridiculous in the regular season. And their MO was like get pressure on the quarterback, sack the quarterback. It's just like they didn't they weren't ready to play, you know? Uh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. What's up, Reese well, Bobby? I know what John, I, I, Reese Bobby. I know what I need to do, and I'm working on it. Okay, so don't worry about it. You know, you know, you're my first go-to whenever that Please happens. Okay. Back for uh, <laughs> 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 All right. All right. Uh, that's an, yeah. enough chief talk. Uh, Halterman, what's the best thing you saw today? All right. All right. I'm gonna nerd out here, Reese Bobby. I apologize in advance. So okay. My wife and I have watched the show Supernatural off and on again for like 15 years, right? So we heard that it had ended and we had stopped after 13 seasons. There was 15 seasons. So we heard that it ended and it was all on Netflix. And we're like, okay, let's start from the very first episode. And there's like 23 season or episodes in a season. So that's a ton. That's like over almost 350 episodes. We started from the very first one, went all the way through. We finally finished it. I think we started this like close to the start of the pandemic. We finally finished it. The last episode of Supernatural is the best last episode I've ever seen for a series ending. It was freaking fantastic. Um, man, I was like, I, I don't get emotional with shows ever. I was at the end of Supernatural. Incredible ending. Anybody that's watched that show knows what I'm talking about. Anybody that hasn't, I strongly recommend it. It's a great show. Um, yeah. So the ending of Supernatural, we finally got to it. And we both, like, we turned it off and we were like, damn, damn, that's how you end it. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like, hey, just leave me, just leave me oh, alone. Oh, yeah. I said, listen, okay, I got to go to in the bathroom. <laughs> 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 that, uh, I've never, I've actually, I know you've liked that show. I've never seen an episode yeah. of that. So, um, I mean, I've seen it on at the ha- at your house, like when I'm over, but um, I don't have any idea what, like what it entails. So, I mean, I, in general. Fair, so. About 12 seasons. That was its sweet spot. The last couple of seasons, it did, it wasn't great until you get to the last, you know, and then it's kind of like the office after seven seasons, that was kind of it. And then they did two more, but that last episode gets you. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. Supernatural. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's a good. If it's like that, because I mean, that I'm with you. Like it started to fade at the office, and then the last episode mm-hmm. gets me every time. I'm just like, dang. Yeah. Like, oh, I love yeah. this show. Um. All right. Best thing I saw. Uh. I, let's see. Magic says I haven't watched any of it, but Supernatural's panel of Comic Con were always great. So there you go. That's a. Oh my gosh. I love. Were the two guys there, Magic? Like the two guys that were the stars? Oh my god! See, he's in the background. He said, "I love those." Two I think. Guys. I wow. think Magic. I think you could get, you could get a friend and and Halterman to go with you now. I mean, I think you guys could dress up the whole nine yards. I think that would be great. Uh, <laughs> uh, best thing I saw has to be in a little bit of a um, humble brag here. Uh, it's not humble about it. Uh, last weekend, I played in the uh, NHC qualifier and. Uh, you know, if you guys remember, I, I, I had two spots uh, that I'd qualified for for the the big feature on Saturday that was stretched out around three different tracks, twelve different races, uh, and four hundred entries and top four seats. It was a, every every one hundred got a, a spot in the NHC in Vegas. Uh, and gosh, 
It was brutal. I, I mean, it, it was, it was unbelievably fun. I'm not like anyone that hasn't played tournaments. Like the qualifying ones are fun, but when you get to a feature, dude, there's nothing, nothing better than the features. Like they're, they're a blast because you're just taking shots. And I got to the last. I need, I needed to win the last two races to get in. In my, mm-hmm. in my horse in the second to last, which is the second to last race uh, of Santa Anita on Saturday, I had the twelve wins. Like eight to one, got bet down to eight to one. It was a bigger price, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" You know. So I'm, I think I'm sitting like tenth place or so, but I have the nine the last race, and if the nine win, nine was thirty to one morning line, got bet down to like I think it went off like twelve or thirteen to one, but at the time it was like eight to one, ten to one, somewhere in there. If the nine, I'm like, if the nine wins, I'm going to Vegas. If the nine wins, you know, and I'm like telling, you know, of course you're watching and my friends, I'm like, we got to They got to bring this nine home. The fact that it was bet down, you're like, okay, the people like this horse, and and oh man, the, this right out of the gate, <laughs> I mean, Bayes just gives this one of a, a hell of a ride, <laughs> and it's like you instantly know after all this day of getting these long shots home and just having a great day, and you're just like, oh, I mean, the horse had a ton of run and ran and and, and ran huge to get four. I think it was like fifth. Um, you know, just, you never know, but judging by the way the horse ran, the horse would have been there at the end, at least to give it, uh, you know, get you excited, but it was fun, I ended up uh, 14th place, uh, you know, top four qualified, so I'm like, you know, be back to try again, but gosh, I, I just can't say enough about how fun it was to, when you, you know, it, it, to have, when I, when that 12, I was at home alone watching, when that 12 <laughs> won, my, na- I think my neighbors thought, something was wrong at my house. I was yelling so loud and running around the house because it almost had the feeling like, everyone knows this, like when you have a day when your horses are just running, you know what I mean? Like It's like Mm -hmm. almost like you almost have a cheat code. It's like every horse you pick, even even if they didn't win, they were at least giving me a run. And so you're just like, holy, this is going to happen. Like, this is going to happen. Like, I need this last double... You know, and, and and to get that, and it was just like, oh, it was it was, but it was fun. So uh, you and I will be back in one tomorrow uh, on Friday. Tomorrow we'll be playing in one, and so they're just fun to, and I, they're just re- a lot of uh, it, it challenges you in different ways um, when it comes to handicapping because you almost look at a race and be like, well, I'm gonna toss out half the race horses because a four to one doesn't help me anything here. Yeah, a totally different way to play. You don't you don't need to handicap the same way when you play in those tournaments as you do if you're trying to cash tickets. I, I will definitely say that. Uh, but yeah, you know, it was it was painful for me, Jared, because as you know, it was my wife's birthday and I was away and I was in and out of like how like being able to talk to you or watch the races. And after I think there was three races left and I kind of looked at who you had left and I'm like okay, let's like leave the room. You know, I was kind of like making up stories like, oh, hold on, I got to update this track. But I was really just watching your progress. <laughs> and I said, uh, after after the, when there was three races left, I said, oh, let's just go. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I got everything updated. And we were, we were like, we were on the, uh, the Branson landing. So you're shopping, eating, all that bullshit, you know. But anyway, um, I was in a store when the 12 won. And I thought, oh, God, I'm going to have to act like I need to go to the bathroom in this last race because I have to watch it. You know what I mean? But I don't really want to be like I ha- I'm watching racing while I'm supposed to be doing something else. It was a, it was a it was a real struggle for me uh, to figure out what to do there. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. The nine uh, the, the, the comment line should be checked, 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 checked again. 
checked one more time, checked three more times, and then finally got running. That's yep. that was nine in the last race. But yeah, get you a little taste, man. I mean, you 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 could have been there. So uh, yeah, uh, tomorrow uh, we got another one. So. Yep, we'll, we'll we'll give it another shot. Yeah, dude, it was brutal because you know Samich and I were in it that day playing, and and his picks. I mean, he did pretty well. Uh, he had the twelve in the second to last race, but he was a little too far back at that point. Um, so I was like kind of the last one in the running, and he had gone to dinner with his family. Um, you were like you say, kind of MIA back and forth, and I'm like, damn it, somebody like I I need to like talk to somebody right now because no one was helping. You know, I was like, I'm freaking yeah. out right now. I'm like, uh, I don't, and you, know, you know, you're in that situation where, like, I don't really want to brag. Like, I don't, I'm not, because I don't want to jinx anything, but it's like, hey, by the way, like, I might qualify here. Like, you know, like, somebody root this horse on, please. Um, horrible, like, you call it, I'm like, oh, no. You know? <laughs> it's like, I can't answer this because she's going to know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, but I need to, but oh, it killed me. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> does, does Heather know what you do for a living? Could she at least get, you could at least made up excuse, like, hey, this is for well, work. I, I said we did watch the last race together because I said he's he's gonna qualify. So I did I did what we did watch that one together. But I was supposed to be like, you know, like we were at dinner and it's like, yeah, you don't need your phone out right now. <laughs> it was bad. But. We've all I think we've all been there. Um, when yeah, it to- <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't her birthday, I would have been like, yeah, I'm watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And their birthday's only once a year, Jared. So. I, well, yeah, that's true. I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, all right. So yeah, that was fun. And hopefully, uh, you know, I, I have no doubt that, you know, between you and I, we'll get, we'll get a spot in there. Just, you know, it just takes one day and it takes one non Tyler Bay's ride is really what it takes. So, uh, that's really all it takes. So uh, anyways, all right, let's get to it because we have a big show to talk about, uh, two derby preps on today's show. We're going to preview the $400,000 risen star stakes at fairgrounds and the hundred thousand dollar El Camino real derby at gold gate each are kentucky derby preps the risen star being the first of the championship series so basically we're in the win you're in segment of the derby preps starting with the risen star uh we're also gonna get some rapid fire selections for the remaining stakes action this weekend at fairgrounds and Gulfstream park let's go All right, we got two derby preps to talk about on Saturday, but we'll kick things off with uh, the first championship series, uh, Kentucky Derby Prep. That's a 50-point race, 50-20-10-5 for your top four finishers, and that is race 13 at Fairgrounds on Saturday. The Risen Star Stakes for three girls going to one and one-eighth miles, and again, 50 points to the winner. So you win here, whether, you, you know, whether you've won a, a prep, you know, one of the, the Lecompte say, because we have the top... Uh, four finishers here in, in Lecompte or from the Lecompte, or if you haven't won anything, you win today uh, on Saturday, you're in the Kentucky Derby essentially. So field of 13, although that's going to get scratched down at least to a field of 12, uh, probably more. The weather is supposed to be miserable on uh, on Saturday at Fairgrounds. And of course, we've already got the Southwest at Oakland Park that was supposed to be ran on Monday, being moved to the next weekend because of uh, bad cold weather, um, icing and things like that at, at, at in hot springs, and here we have rain. So it's going to be a shit show. I mean, we're going to do our best job to kind of handicap these, um, but again, kind of keep that to account. Like you just don't know what this weather is going to do, and and how some of these horses are going to. Uh, you know, you're one. Th- it's one thing asking these horses to run mile and eight for the first time in a lot of ways. Maybe they, you know, they never had dealt with uh, slop. Say if, if that's what happens. So it'll be interesting. Uh, interesting way to kind of get our first 50 point race uh, in the books, but Halterman, what you think? 
Yeah, so a serious note real quick. We have a lot of fun on the show, but, but to be serious, if you purchase the guide, I'm sure these races are going to come off the turf and be sloppy. Um, we will update it. So just to get that out of the way, it will be updated uh, as soon as we know the scratches and the track conditions. Okay, let's get to the Risen Star. We're going to assume at least muddy at best, right? But probably sloppy. Um, honestly, it didn't really change my opinion much because I... <laughs> And a lot of people are like, oh, you're biased, oh, you're crazy, oh, you're stupid. That's fine. I really love number five, Senior Buscador. I just freaking love this horse. I love everything about him. I love that he comes from last legs in Yada. I think that's fantastic. Uh, I love the breeder slash owners. Um, I, I, I love the fact that this horse won the Remington Spark Park Springboard Mile. Listen, I get it. The Springboard Mile did not have a lot of really good horses in the race. This horse passed those horses like they were all tied to a pole. And from the back, here comes Senior Buscador. His run has begun with a quarter mile to go in the springboard. Joe Frazier grabs the lead coming off the turn. Six furlongs, a minute 12.51. Joe Frazier up front. Cowan is free, and so is Senior Buscador on the outside. Senior Buscador, he was last going to the turn. He's first with less than a furlong to go. Senior Buscador letting him roll in the springboard, and he'll pull clear to win it by six. It was very, very impressive. I thought Senior Buscador was just amazing in that race. Much better than I thought he would be. I picked him to win the race. He ran even better than I thought he would run. So I really like him back here. I'm very excited. There's two very uh, big, well, I would say three actually, big keys. A lot of pace in the race. That's good for him. Uh, a mile and an eighth. I think that's good for him. A really long stretch. I think that's good for him. So there's three really good things uh, to, to look at with Senior Buscador. He's he's my guy. Well, I'm going to stick with him here. There's no question about it. So that's who I put on top, Jared. You knew that. I mean, you knew I had to go there. I'm I am beyond excited to watch this. Match. Oh man, I, I'm trying to decide how I, you know how I want to approach this with you. Um, I I don't necessarily. So here's the thing. If he's if you can if I can lock in six to one on him in this race, I will do that. He won't be six to one. The odds are going to be all over the place in this race. It's going to be very similar to uh, the same F Davis, where the odds were all over the place. And of course, the favorite of the race, keep me in mind, isn't going to run here. He's going to run in, in Southwest uh, uh, next weekend. So and that's the morning line favorite at three to one. So you know the odds are going to be all over the place. Um, I'm going to guess that. I mean, Midnight Bourbon might go off the favorite. Senior Buscador would probably be close second choice, I would think, um, just off of the hype alone. Uh, no way you get six to one. So I'm at, I'm kind of in a situation that I'd like if I can get six to one, sure, but at a low price. Listen, I just I don't buy that he can close like that. Keep closing like that in these races. I agree that the mile and eighth, like he like he should eat that up. I I, I the longer the better. For, I mean, he's a mind. He's out of. He's a si he's sired by Mineshaft, and uh, you know, it's like he should he should keep going. And obviously, the I think he's bred if it's sloppy, he should be great there too. Like he's really well bred horse. I just don't know, like how long can you keep kind of walking out of the gate and expecting to close? Now, mm -hmm. this is obviously his toughest, you know, uh, task so far. Uh, you know, he's ran two times and he's passed both tests very well. He ran a great. 
Granted, like his numbers out of that springboard were incredible. They really were right? for a second start. I mean, that was really, really good. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm gonna try to beat him. It's it's all. This is. I was talking to Magic about this earlier. It's like this race is like it's very dependent upon the odds to me. Like, I like a lot of horses in here, and it's kind of. I'm I'm swaying back and forth on him. It's like, well, if, if Midnight Bourbon's six to one, sign me up. If, if Senior Buscador's six to one, sign me up. But if these horses are five to two and three to one, or maybe like two to one and five to two or something, I don't know if I can if I can pull the trigger on them, especially when I like horses like <clears throat> number two proxy at eight to one. Um, I think you can give another pass to Santa Cruiser at fifteen to one, which is a huge price. Mandolin, a horse that was the favorite of the Lecompte, putting blinkers on, has been unbelievable working since putting blinkers on. It's Brad Cox, Flo, uh, back on board here. So, I mean, I think you give another pass on that horse. Um, number one, um, who was just claimed in the in the fantasy league by Magic, the Magic Mike team, uh, star in my dreams, star in my dreams. I guess is how you say it. Um, look at listen. How many times have you seen a Dallas Stewart horse undefeated in his first two starts? <laughs> and what both races looked incredible. It's like kind of rare, right? Like you don't see that very often. This is obviously a pretty good horse. Um, the pace set up, the, 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 if, it, if it is sloppy, the one should probably like that. So that's an interesting one. So I guess the point of what I'm saying is I feel like you can kind of go all over the place, especially based off what the track might be playing like. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I mean, this is a, definitely a race that's pretty wide open, and I agree with this comment by Mark. Uh, it's good to see Quinones, you know, and a trainer sticking with Quinones, and he rode sudden breaking news. Yes, we pet sudden breaking news at Oakland that year, if you remember, Jared. And, uh, yeah, uh, almost, you know, he almost hit the board in the Derby. He made a, made a big run in the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. yeah um, I have one thing. I want to add something to that, because seeing Louis Q in this race brought back memories of sudden breaking news because they have very similar running styles in senior buscador and sudden breaking news where they made this huge run and it and it just seemed like he was always kind of a well if they could have gone longer or if well if they could you know could have done this and that and that's i know it's early but it's like that's kind of what i feel like from senior buscador it's like we all know you can't win not 99% of the time, you can't win the Derby the way Senior Buscador runs the race. Like, they, you, you need to be forwardly placed unless you're, na- you know, I- unless you're freaking winning the slop with Calvin Burrell, right? You know, like, that, like it seems... So it's like, could he win here for sure? I just don't know if the value is going to be there. What do you think he's going to go off at? Well, I think he's going to be about 4-1. to one. I think he'll go off really similar to what he did uh in the Remington Park Springboard Miley went off at seven to two so I think four to one he and against this field if, he, if he's four to one that's borderline play don't you me. think don't you think the connections work against him as far as being bet like don't you think when it gets right down to it the betters are going to say I trust Aspusen, I trust uh you know Cox for sure yeah that's why I think you can still get some value here because Louis Q I mean you and I know Louis Q Mark you know Louis Q but He's not a guy that he gets aboard and people go, all right, now we're talking. You know, he's kind of the opposite of that, really. Even though I love Louie, he's a really nice guy. Um, Todd Fitchner, you know, if the, if the horse is running, it's Sunland. Yeah, people are excited. But at Fairgrounds, it's not going to hold a lot of weight. It's not going to hold a lot of weight nationally. 
So they're sneaky connections. I, I like them both, but I don't think they're gonna they're gonna get bet when it comes to facing Asmussen and Cox. Um, speaking of Asmussen and Cox, and uh, we'll throw Johnny Velasquez getting aboard proxy with Stidham. I think the one, two, three finishers of the Lecompte are the three horses to play back here in the Risen Star. Um, I like all three of them. I, I think I think the Cox horse number eleven mandolin definitely is a horse that they think is better than what he ran in the Lecompte. Cox usually knows how to figure him out with Giroux. I think, I think the 11 is going to run pretty big here. I think proxy stretching out is interesting to me. I kind of think I'm all on eighth might hit this horse pretty well. So I like proxy and I thought it was really fascinating that Johnny Velasquez gets aboard today. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of like proxy as well. The horse that would be a defensive use for me is the winner of the Lecompte. I don't know if Midnight Bourbon's going to necessarily come back and win like he did last time out. There was a lot of pace in the Lecompte, and somehow Midnight Bourbon got out on the lead. <laughs> it was all by himself. I don't think that's going to happen again. I think he's got a lot of moving to do. Yeah. So he's like, I'll play him defensively, but I've got him in like fourth. Midnight Bourbon was one of the, like that performance was almost like, like, it, it, like using him here you're like i need to use him just in case he is like the real deal because mm -hmm. that race was so good where you're like and, yep. and then also helps to like five hundred and twenty five thousand dollar purchase it's aspuse and it's winchell you know what i mean like there's a lot like you could see it like down the road like well that was the day that he emerged you know gunrunner we saw what gunrunner did uh on this path to the kentucky derby so it's like yeah you you got to use him because that was like, he ran a really good race that day. And, and for whatever reason, like we're all trying to beat him, but I feel like he'd go out there and wire, wire the field again. You're like, son of a bitch. Like I tried to beat him and he just did the same thing again, you know? So you have to use him, I think, and everything just because you really don't want to get beat by the Lecompte winner, Steve Aspison, half million dollar purchase. Um, dude, I'm, I went all over this race. I I had proxy at first because I, I really think this is going to be a perfect race for him as far as the way he you know the way he's bred, he's tap it. He's kind of a weird horse, um, still maturing. You know from Stidham, what he's some of the quotes I've read from him is kind of like yeah, you know he's still got some some to learn. You love that Johnny V gets the mount here um, should only help the horse. Like as far as distance, like to me, distance. The slop, it's going to be slow, it's going to be thick, you know what I mean? Like, you, these horses, you're going to want the pedigree in the, in this race, and I feel like yeah. that the two proxy is going to hit him perfectly. But listen, Mandolin, I, I ended up going with Mandolin, and, you know, you're getting 9-2. to two. It'll be interesting to see what his odds are. Uh, you know, went off as a favorite all three of his career starts. Went off the favorite Lecompte, obviously, last time out. Just kind of looked like a winner and then just kind of stopped you know and obviously couldn't get to the winner uh midnight bourbon but brad cox as soon as the race is over it's like i'm going to the blinkers works the horse with blinkers the last two times it's almost put in basically bullets the last two F or last two works working really good and the horse like technically improved even though he lost he did he's he's gaining in the right direction brad cox is <laughs> is deadly on blinkers uh, throwing blinkers on a horse and you know and obviously he has a lot of confidence uh bringing him back into this race so if you can get anywhere in that ballpark of nine to two i mean five to one nine to two four to one i mean i think he might provide some value considering this is a horse that's basically been even money um every time he's ran 
Yeah, I definitely don't think he's going to get bet down to that kind of thing. I do think he's going to be the favorite, but I think the favorite in this race is going to go off five to two, three to one. And like you said, that is value compared to his other races. Uh, you know, the biggest thing, and Kelby, you just said it, and I 100% agree, it's really hard to go against Brad Cox, especially when, when Flo's aboard. And, you know, that's a good thing. When in doubt, or that's a, that's a good advice. When in doubt, go bet Brad Cox, especially on a big day. Kelby told me back, oh, it was a few weeks before the Breeders' Cup. He goes, you might as well forget it. Brad Cox and Big Days, just betting. Don't even look at the form. So, <laughs> you know, and he, well, he that, was right. that worked out well at the Breeders' Cup. <laughs> he absolutely did. He won four races at the Breeders' Cup. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm i with you. I definitely have mandolin on everything. But listen, my heart, Jared, my heart. I know. It's a big weekend for you because we'll talk about another the next prep, which also has the favorite, which I think is going to win for sure. At least I feel confident enough in that saying that. Um, so it's a big weekend for your fantasy team. And you've got three horses technically running, one on the uh, undercard. So let me ask you, okay, for, I have a couple questions. One, it's going to be a weird day. The weather, who knows, by this time, obviously, this is the last race of the day. We'll have an idea, uh, you know, but if, if, it's a, if it's a sloppy track and we get any weird results, give me a horse that just could pull up enough, off enough to upset here. I'm very interested, and I hate to say it because this is a Magic Mike claim. I am very interested in the one starring in my dreams. Uh, one last time out over a sloppy track. That's obviously good. And, and our buddy uh, Aaron West and, and you and, and I were all talking, and it's like, damn, you know, Dallas Stewart wins on debut. That You don't see that very often. You know, Dallas Stewart wins again. Don't see that very often. Dallas Stewart wins on the lead. You don't see that very often. Uh, so I think starting in my dreams is the wild card here that's got a good shot to win. A lot of positive factors with this horse. Um, look, we know Dallas Stewart can crash the exactas and the tries in big races. This horse is going to do it. This horse might be, like, actually pretty good, though. Like, Dallas gets a lot out of his horses that aren't great. This one might be decent. So I, I think the one is a very interesting long shot. Yep, I, I agree with the one. Uh, I almost picked the horse, to be honest with you, just because of the, the slop. You know, stretching out from six and a half furlongs to a mile sixteenth, and just and like you say, went one all in the lead, then came off of the pace a little bit. Um, I, I, he, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what his morning line is, to, or what his odds are too. You know, how he's bet. I, I, I wouldn't really want to bet him anything less than twelve to one. Um, the other, I'll get. I, that's one I would use. The other one I would use, like I, I kind of mentioned a little bit ago, Santa Cruiser. You know, listen, this is a horse that. <clears throat> You know, had a lot of hype going into Lecompte. It was 7-1 to one in the Lecompte. Uh, you know, broke his maiden uh, at Churchill Downs. Uh, you know, was, the was you know basically the favorite, 2-1. to one. Um, Went to Lecompte, just got a terrible start, back of the pack. Just literally, you couldn't even see him in the race for most of the race. And then made a big run to get fourth, uh, you know, well beaten behind those top three. But listen, give him a better start. You know, being a, a sire is, is dialed in, you know. Probably like the mud a little bit, so um, you got to think that at least can be better than that. Gets a you know gets a, a, a upgrade and and jockey at least at, at fairgrounds. So I think at fifteen to one, probably gonna be every bit of that in this race. Give him a shot. I think um, could, could you know mm -hmm. obviously he's shown more talent than what he showed in the in Lecompte. Uh, you know, being that he was bet pretty hard uh, that day. So, but yeah, for me, I'm going mandolin. I, I, I'm not. I'm not like this. This is a big race for him. Obviously, he like I say, he's been the favorite every race of his career. He was the favorite of Lecompte. A lot of high hopes. 
he was a number one or he was a first round pick in our in our fantasy league this year like this is the race right like he's got to show he's got i mean really he's got to win if not you know like a very close second like he's got to run a big race because the 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 hopes are there for him so i'm on number 11 mandolin um who you got you know who i got number five senior buscador i'm freaking excited i think he's gonna run a good race i i'm really excited to see this horse back and let's hope he does well if not i'll i'll just be in big trouble with the fantasy well last question what like i do this a lot when we talk about jury preps <clears throat> like how many because this is amazing i mean obviously it's the first 50 point race of the season you know first 50 points to the winner so you win here um and you're in so how many of, of this field do you feel like we're going to see in the first, like, you know, first Saturday of May. Oh boy. Uh, obviously senior is one that you're high on. So that seems like one that's, you know, you would like midnight bourbon as one the comp day. There's two, yeah. uh, mandolin. There's three. It, it, if, if I said two and a half, are you over? I think I'd go under just for the injury factor. Um, I think there's three that'll come out of this and be legit. Uh, but I would go under two and a half. Interesting. I think I would too, just because I like. It's, you're not going to want to hear this, but I'll be surprised if Senior Buscador is in the dirt. <laughs> 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 Sorry, um, well, I won't be surprised. I won't I be surprised get... to see <laughs> Magic. Come on, uh, I won't be surprised to see Midnight Bourbon um, mm. and Mandolin. Um, in in there just because of but I don't know like I just he's gonna like he I you can say whatever you want to me next week on the show if Senior Buscador goes and wins just like he's been winning you'd be like dude I told you I'm like all right I'll, I'll buy it but for now I'm I'm if he's six to one I'm playing him but I'm not gonna bet him uh, if he's considering you know being bet down so yeah. I just can't he's got, I'm gonna take it wait and see he you obviously reached for him you really wanted him in the in so we'll see if it paid off you're on number uh, number five senior buscador i've got the 11 mandolin and uh Laroff in the el camino real derby all right let's move uh to golden gate that's right one of the few times golden gate makes an appearance on the show Go- golden gate fields for the el camino real derby that's right it's a kentucky derby prep race 10 4 2 1 for your top four finishers and listen, this is not as exciting as there is a star, but it is a derby prep, so we will talk about it like a derby prep. And listen, you've got another horse in here, right? I mean, listen, this is not like this could be a big day for your fantasy team. Number nine, Rombier, eight to five morning line favorite, a horse that comes into the race easily, easily the classiest horse of the race after finishing second in the Grade One American Pharaoh to get her number, finishing fifth. In the Breeders' Cup, the Grade 1 Breeders' Cup Juvenile to Essential Quality, Hot Rod Charlie. Keep me in mind, all those good horses, right? Finishes fifth in that race and then shows up here at Golden Gate. Has ran on turf two times to start off the career, so you got to think that the switch to synthetic won't be too much of an issue, but, I, I mean, you are the biased one, right? You, you picked your horse in the last race. Are you picking your horse here? Well, the problem is I picked this horse to win the Robert B. Lewis, <laughs> you know, and then he scratched out of the race, so... It's kind of hard for me not to pick him in the El Camino Real Derby, right? I mean, I have to go number nine, Rombar, Rombauer. Um, listen, this horse is bred to really handle the synthetic, so that's good. And like you said, he's the class of the field, so that is also good. 
Uh, yeah, I had to go with them once again. So I did go back to back horses that I, I drafted. I swear, though, and you'll I think you'll stand up for me in this situation, Jared. I'm really not biased towards my fantasy team. Um, Senior Buscador, I drafted in the first round with like the fourth or fifth overall pick. So obviously I'm going to pick him when he runs. I think he's one of the four or five best horses in the crop. But this horse, I just kind of think he's suited pretty damn well for this race. His breeding says synthetic's going to be good. His breeding says he's going to like a mile and an eighth. And he's the classiest horse in the race. So I thought I just had to pick him here. This race came up a little tougher than I thought. I'm really intrigued with the five Cretuccio. Um, if you remember, I picked this horse to win the Los Al Futurity. Not a great pick. Finished third in that race. But I think this is another horse that like that's going to like, I should say, the synthetic surface. I think a mile and eighth is going to be okay. So I did like the five a little bit uh, as well. I, I like the seven. The seven's got some synthetic and turf form. So, I mean... I like the nine, but I'm not over the top. I'm going to spread in this race. This is not a single race for me, uh, but I did go with the nine on top. Yeah. Listen, I would like, as far as top contenders, I mean, I feel like, you know, obviously the five is, is the main challenger. Um, the seven is a Philly, which is interesting that they're, they're bringing a Philly here, a turf, uh, turf Philly that uh, finished mm-hmm. second two times in a row and two stakes races two times in a row. Uh, Del Mar and Santanita, and then shows up here. Hey, you know, does have some synthetic um, background at Woodbine, finishing second um, to Super Sensational. Not a bad horse. So it's like it's a Godolphin, you know, Medoro. You know, it's like yeah, there's some like there's like some to like there, but it's obviously the Phillies. So it's like up against it. I just think the nine is just just stands out from every perspective: numbers, class, time form, whatever you use. The nine stands out now. If you want to be like, well, the horse never ran on synthetic, you know, you try to take a shot against, then it just gets weird, you know, like you, you, you just you you basically just take an angle and 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 hope it comes. You know, this is a this is a, a funky race, and obviously it's not a very productive race, you know, in in history uh, of. So yeah, I guess you could like try to like, you know, sneak one by with like. You know, I looked at play chicken for a little while just because it's like Doug O'Neill and Me Red too. Racing, and uh, you know, and, and obviously a horse that's ran and you know went from a maiden to, on the turf to to three straight stakes races. Um, you know whether you know they, whether they were shitty or not is besides the point. But still, they obviously had some sort of hope, and obviously switching over to synthetics and the, considering the you know the the speed early on speed, like you could think this horse might have something to say. Um, so if you're really kind of against the nine, to me, the five, like, cause you got, you know, like did, did, did Spielberg scare you off the five at all? Yes and no. Yes, because he sucks, but no, because this is like a totally different feel. You know, you're getting synthetic, you're going like a mile and an eighth. It's a golden gate instead of like, you know, San Anita, Los Al, Del Mar. So yeah, I, I, maybe that was the determining factor. It's like, well, if you can't even run like close to Spielberg, you probably shouldn't, you know, be in a race like this. But overall, I don't, I don't know. The the, the conditions are very different for this race. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you look at you look at the race last time out. You think if you're very good, you're within more than three and a half lengths of those two horses. Uh, the great one is a horse that I think O'Neill has figured out, and I think is getting ready to run a freaking huge race next time he's out but spielberg is awful 
And you got to remember the great, the great one was a maiden in that low sal race. And that not only a maiden, a maiden that hadn't even been freaking close, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I guess long story short. Yeah. The, the five not being any better in that low sal race did hurt. I, I just think I found myself trying to f- like find angles to beat the nine and I just can't. So I think, you know, the, out of the two, I, I feel, you know, it's just kind of a different, you know, I think feel like a different feeling than what you're looking at uh, where you really like Senior Puscador. If you're, if I'm talking about the two races and, and your two horses in particular, I, I like, I like this one better um, in, in this race. Now you're not going to get, as many points, right, for this race. Or no, you do in our in our in our fantasy league get the but as far as the Derby Trail, you're not gonna get as many points as as the Risen Stars say. But yeah, I, I don't take anything I'll put it this way. I think nine wins. You don't take anything out of this race like past this race. Like No. You just like history shows there's nothing to get excited about. So um no. I like your Rombar, Rombar, however you say it. I like the nine here to win, but you know, if you want to get weird here, I'm not going to say yeah, you shouldn't. I was done. So that's a good way to cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> I was done. <laughs> Time for Rapid Fire presented by the Inside Track to the Risen Star Wagering Guide. That's right. Go on to uh, RacingDudes.com on the products page. Get our all-inclusive 10-page wagering guide to the 2021 Risen Star on February 13, 2021, this Saturday at Fairgrounds. Features in-depth analysis of all six stakes on the card, including the $400,000 Risen Star, which is what we just talked about a little bit ago. Uh, plus, get bonus race-by-race analysis and betting suggestions. Uh, you get from the multi-race plays, you name it, for all the uh, Fairgrounds card on Saturday. So not just the stakes races, it's a big card, obviously. So everything you want is included in this wagering guide. And of course, like we mentioned earlier, this is going to be a guide that's going to be very fluid. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna want to up keep keep checking back on the website on your dashboard to make sure you get the most updated guide because obviously as the week goes on we're gonna have scratches on Saturday I'm gonna guess we're gonna have some scratches uh, top picks gonna be scratched and some you know you some turf races on the undercard though you know so it's gonna be kind of let's be honest it's gonna be rough so we're we're gonna have to kind of plan this out a little bit but you know. That is included with everything with the subscription. So if you go get racingdudes.com, go to the products page, subscribe to any of our premium products, you get the wager guides absolutely for free. All right. So, lots of stakes actions at, fair, at Fairgrounds, Gulfstream Park, Santita's got some. There's all over the country, Golden Gate, obviously. So we're gonna do this in a little bit like we've been doing in the past. We're gonna do the the three categories: most excited to watch, you know, our long shot, our 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 like most probable winner of the weekend. So. Well, let's see. What, what order do you want to do this in? We gonna do. Let's do, let's kick it off with your most likely winner. Your lock that shit up pick. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. What do you got? Well, first of all, if you if you didn't hear us before, yes, the the Risen Star Guide will be updated for scratches and and surface changes. So just please, please, please. Make sure to look about 30, 45, even an hour before the first post. It will be updated. All right, now it's time for the lock that shit up pick of the week. And for me, <laughs> I'm going to Gulfstream Park race number six. Uh, it's a turf sprint for four-year-olds and upward going five furlongs. I'm going to go with the number six Leinster. I think this is the horse that you can in- easily single uh, in this spot. You know, Leinster is a very, very classy sprinter. 
This horse won two races in a row, two grade twos in a row, I should say, at Keeneland before finishing third, beating a length in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. Now shows up here in the uh, 75K, or excuse me, 100K ungraded stakes race at Gulfstream Park. All systems seem to be go for Leinster. I mean, if this horse has a decent trip, he's going to win. So for me, lock that shit up pick of the week. Race six at Gulfstream Park, number six, Leinster. Yeah, this was my uh, my second choice here. And, you know, listen, I mean, you never know with these five furlong turf sprints. So it's tough, you know, if you get bad. But this horse is just so much classier than the rest of them. Listen, everyone that knows me knows where I'm going with this one. It's not really hard, right, to to, to guess where I, I, I landed with this uh, lock that shit up pick. Let's go to Fairgrounds. Race 10, the Mineshaft Stakes. It's a grade 3, 200k for 4-year-olds and up, going 116th miles. Number 4, Maxfield. He's back. He can he can pick some spots. This horse has never lost. It's kind of, kind of weird to say that because it does feel like the horse has been around for so long. It's like, he's but he's never lost because he's he rarely runs. But here he is running in the Mineshaft. He's 4 for 4. Listen, flows back. I think he's going to be awful tough. And I guess the one kind of caveat here is the way the track could or could not be playing, and you just don't know. But all things, all systems, four to five morning line favorite. You know, there has been talks of if he was going to go to Dubai and where he was going to go, if he's going to Saudi, and it's like, no, we're staying put, we're going, staying here. This is, seems like a <laughs> much uh, easier spot than any of those. Now, we'll say this. Well, Maxfield is obviously near and dear to my heart, and he's never lost. And you know, I've been on Team Maxfield ever since the start. This this race is sneaky, you know. Enforceable is not a not a bad horse, and came back and ran a huge race uh, last time out at Fairgrounds. Wells Bayou, can he rebound? You know, he was not very good in Louisiana last time out, but you know, he's obviously a horse that can run a big race. Um, Blackberry Wine, Sonneman. I mean, this is not like the, the softest field, so to speak. I mean, Maxfield's going to have to bring it, but Maxfield for me, man. I think he's going to win. I love Maxfield in this spot as well, but I am a little worried about the number one enforceable because enforceable, uh, he looked like a different horse last time out. He, he looked really strong in a victory at Fairgrounds, so I was a little worried about the one, but I'm with you. I think the four is a strong pick. All right. You're up next, buddy. What is your your best value winner? Your making it rain long shot pick. What do you got? Well, last week the making it rain long shot pick of the week was a winner. Uh, you know, we got a race home there at Tampa. We're gonna go to the fairgrounds. We're gonna go to a turf race. All right, you guys. Oh, they're not gonna run on the turf. Well, the one race they might run on the turf if they can only run one. It will be race 11 on the turf at Fairgrounds going nine furlongs. Brad Cox has two in here. I'm going to go with the other Brad Cox. I think number two set piece could pull off a little bit of an upset here. This horse comes into the race off of two straight wins. I think Brad Cox has kind of got this horse figured out. You might say, you dummy, those wins were at Turf or Turfway Park. Now he's got to go to Fairgrounds. I don't care. I kind of like this horse. I, I, I think Brad has got this horse figured out. And most importantly, the eight factor this, who is a phenomenal racehorse, kind of feels like he's going the opposite direction. He doesn't seem like he's he, he's losing form. And so I think set piece could pull off an upset. 
I think if they do run this race on the turf, it's going to be a soft yielding type of turf. And I think that's going to fit favor set piece as well. So set piece at 10 to one by making it rain. Long <laughs> shot of the week. Uh, yeah, this one, this one, honestly, I was between this race and the race that I ended up with, which is race nine, the Albert M. Stahl Memorial Stakes, which this one will be interesting if they leave this one on the turf or not. But if they do leave it on the turf, this one to me feels like it has got all kinds of opportunities as well. Just like the one you mentioned, that your race. I'm gonna go with this race, race nine, and let's go to the two, Temple City Terror. Gets flow aboard here for Brendan Walsh. Listen, this horse has been pretty good in a few starts. Didn't start off well. Has always been on the turf, you know, at, at uh, Gulfstream Park, Churchill Downs. Comes to fairgrounds and wins. And does it pretty nicely at four to one. Just gets a terrible rate. Terrible trip, terrible ride, the whole nine yards. Awful last time out. And you can tell because, hey, Tipple City Terror got a new jockey and his name is Florent Giroux. Um, so I love the fact that you get that upgrade. And jockey, the best jockey besides Rosario, who, by the way, won on him at Churchill Downs last May, get him here. So I think at 12 to 1, a horse that, like, you look at the, the way he's, who he's facing and you look at the kind of, you know, allowance races that the horses ran and, and maybe who he ran against or who she ran against. It's like, yeah, she can, I mean, she can win here. I mean, come off the pace and, and run. She's got a really deadly closing kick. Uh, tuned in, another horse that's got some closing kick in the 11 is going to be scratched out of this race for Grand Motion, not going to run. <clears throat> so, you, you know, I think that the two is probably the most deadly closer in the race. So, listen, I, at these odds, like, I don't know what, like, it'll be interesting to see, like, again, if they're going to run it on the turf. If, how many horses scratch? What's, you know, the race could completely change in the dynamic depending on what the scratches look like. But for now, you know, I, I think the two is going to have a hell of a shot here. So I like the two Tipple City Terror for my making a rain long shot pick. All right, buddy. All right. What race are you most excited to watch? Also known as, I am so excited I may shit myself race. For this, I'm so excited I may shit myself race of the week. I'm going to go to the race 10 at Gulfstream Park. It is an allowance optional claimer, 75000 Going one mile on the turf for four-year-olds and upward, which have never won $10,000 three times other than maiden claiming starter or state bread allowance. I'm not going to read the rest of the conditions. It's a freaking paragraph. All right. Why am I excited for this stupid race? How about... What race number is it? Number... Uh, I'm sorry. I said number six, didn't I? Number 10. Race number 10. <laughs> so <laughs> You don't even know. All right. So sorry. Uh, I'm excited for race number 10 at Gulfstream Park. For number five, Structor. Really? Structor? I thought no way Structor would ever run again. Uh, we we heard law last year. Structor's going on the Derby Trail. He's going on the Derby Trail. Well, he never did. <laughs> 470 days ago, we saw Structor win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf as a two-year-old. Now he's four. <laughs> I'm super pumped to see this first run, Jared. I, I really am, to be completely honest uh, and to be serious here. Um, never thought I'd see him again. Now he's here. He's against a field of um, horses that I will say they'll test him from the fact that you're going to have to run well to beat him. I, th this is not a great field, but it's not awful at the same time. So I think if Structor wins this race, you go, okay, 
he's decent. He's he's back. You know, I'm just really fascinated to watch Structor on uh, on Saturday at Gulfstream. Yeah, well, I mean, what the hell do you even? I mean, that long of a layoff is just insane. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously was you know he's a, he's a multiple graded stakes winner. Uh huh. Uh, Breeders' Cup winner is it, it's you know never lost a race and, and yet here we are nine to five on a, on a Saturday in an allowance race and you're yeah I mean it's exciting because obviously he's very talented well, at least he was uh, but to be off that long kind of gives you some pause right here's my th- it does but here's my theory on why I'm not overly concerned with this kind of a layoff if they don't think that he's back they don't think he's normal they don't think he's going to be a good horse why even bother like i think they brought him back because they really believe this could be a big time horse that's the way i look at it i look at it from a positive angle of listen you're off a year and a half or however long this is there's no need to dick with him if he sucks or if he's injured i think chad's bringing him back because he thinks this is going to be a really productive horse this year so uh, listen, uh, yeah, and Magic just asked, does the structure remain the favorite? Absolutely. I think the horse goes off about at his morning line odds, if not lower. Uh, I'm excited for structure. I think he's going to run a big race here. Like you say, it's not a bad race in general. So it's definitely one that you're to, no, to watch. And yeah, so excited. I may ship myself perfect title for that race. All right, let's go to mine. The last race we'll talk about on Rapid Fire uh, where am I going? You can see it on the screen. Can you see where I'm going on the screen? I'm going to Ready. wrong race, wrong track. Uh, we're gonna go to we're gonna go to <laughs> fairgrounds, and we're gonna go to race twelve, the Rachel Alexandra Stakes, which hey is a Kentucky Oaks prep race. It's a championship prep race, so 50, 20, 10, 5 for your top four finisher. So it's a the real deal in these preps. And man, I am excited for this race because I know you know I love travel calm. Brad Cox, Flo, it's going to, it might be a big day for them, but I really like the one, too. Steve Aspison's got another who got beat by Travel Column last time, but man, ran a really good race, and obviously, being a sire, sired by Curlin, Stone Street, you got, you know, obviously there's a lot of potential with this one you would think would get better with, with, uh, with time. So I think, you know, you look at this race, you look at those two horses, you see the numbers stack up, and they're very similar. You know, and, and both horses like to kind of make a, a late running bid. I think this is going to be a hell of a stretch run between, between the one um, and the eight. And two horses that have some real potential for being quality Oaks, you know, Kentucky Oaks winners um, in, in, in the Steve Asby's and Claire, is it Claire E? Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, and Travel Column, the eight for Brad Cox. Two obviously very good trainers. You know, you got the connection. So. I think I'm pumped about this race to see this stretch run. Talking to my good friend, Dr. Miranda, who previewed this race on the Magic and Dr. Miranda show, and she also is very pumped to see Travel Column. Listen, if you don't remember, go back and watch the Golden Rod where Travel Column won and got stopped 37 times and still won the race. I mean, this horse got beat up in that race and so on. So I'm with you. I am very, very, very uh, pumped for Travel Column. Uh, to run and yeah I think this can be a good one I, I think this is another very good candidate for the so excited I may shit myself race of the week that's all the time we have check us out at racingnews.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our handicap products page with the products link in the main menu at racingnews.com to learn more remember to check out the inside track to the 2021 Risen Star Wager Guide now available on the products page we just talked about the Risen Star we of course talked a few undercard races as well you'll want to get the wagering guide 
uh, on our products page at racingnews.com because we will have up to date, up to the second uh, updates of this whenever scratches come out and how we're going to change our betting styles and based on the track conditions or whatever. So go to racingnews.com on the products page and check out that inside track to the Risen Star. Go check that out. Racingnews.com, we're our destination. We are your destination site for all horse racing picks to all the major horse racing tracks in America. We're on Twitter at Racehorse Road Dudes, Instagram, and Facebook. Listen to us on SoundCloud. Uh, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, the website at racetoots.com. We talked a little bit about Goldstream Park. Go check out the Magic Mike show on all those same platforms. They did the uh, Saturday's late pick four sequence, I believe, at Goldstream Park. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, Magic and Samich's takes are on that late pick four sequence at Goldstream Park. Um, yeah, we, we got some, a lot of interaction right now going on our live feed. Of course, if you are listening to this after the fact, we do these podcasts, uh, these live streams live on Thursday nights on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. So if you uh, haven't subscribed, you need to subscribe to any of those social platforms and you can kind of interact with us. So we have questions coming in right now. Um, a lot of it about <clears throat> the Derby Trail. Uh, we've, we've answered some of them off air, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, so, someone asked about Greatest Honor for Suge McGahee. Obviously, uh, Halterman, um, you and I both really like that horse. Uh, you think you'll be have him right for the Kentucky Derby. You're a big uh, kind of river fan um for brad cox uh that it seems like a lot of people are like like are like you and i are basically with senior buscador you either love him or you you think he's kind of a fake well i want to i want to address uh uh dave uh barista's comment about the lasix he didn't use lasix in the remington park uh springboard mile uh it but now he has to or he did use lasix i'm sorry and now he has to go without i yes Long story short, David, yes, I am a little concerned. First time without Lasix is going to be in this in this big race, and obviously it is a concern. Uh, I did read an article with Finchner, and he did say, look, I, I don't think it's going to be an issue, but you never really know, and I just didn't think second time out, first time going two turns was the best time to take him off the medication. So I agree with that. I, I agree with that logic, but I do agree with your comment it is a little bit scary that this is the first time without Lasix. So, um, yeah, that's, that, that is a worry, David. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, it is a worry. Um, anything else? Um, yeah. It, bring on the question. I wanted to, let's look at something real fast. Okay. Um, I think, you know, let's, let's do it. We're live on, I, uh, Mark, I will totally give Rippy, Ricky, <laughs> Rippy, Ricky crap, uh, crap tomorrow for sure. hundred percent. You should. I will. Don't worry. Miranda beat Ricky this morning. Of course she did. Miranda is a very smart young lady, and Ricky's an idiot. So, <laughs> no, Ricky hit the pick three, four, five, six, seven, twelve at goal at uh, Oakland today. Well, Ricky did well. Go ahead, Jerry. So let's 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 look at uh, right now. You got your top ten uh, racestudios.com on the Kentucky Derby page for your top ten Kentucky Derby contenders. Um, you know, one that sticks out to me, a horse that was, you know, you have Roman Centurion, uh, you're number 12 uh, uh, ranked overall. And this is a yeah. horse that was just claimed out of the Fantasy League and had zero, uh, uh, had zero, uh, you know, there was, no, there was no, you know, shake. No one, no one claimed this horse other than uh, Ryan and uh, John. He feels like a horse that's going to like hit the board, but shouldn't he have won that race if he was that good? Yeah, and that's why I didn't claim him yeah exactly that's why yeah me neither i i had i ranked him 12 because i just think yeah he's gonna hit the board in those socal races and he's gonna get in and 
listen, you finished 12th from the Kentucky Derby. That's really nothing to really talk about, right? But I do think he has the potential to get in. So I'm with you on that. So you've got, let's look at some of the, you got, you put Candyman Rocket after his win last week in the CMF Davis at 15, which I think is fair. Um, the great one at 14, I feel like is a horse for you that you really are high on um, that could definitely move up. You know, he's, he's got Doug O'Neill, the other Doug O'Neill, Hot Rod Charlie uh, at 13, a horse that's going to the Louisiana Derby next, which is a very interesting move. Um, Midnight Bourbon. Uh, who runs this weekend prevalence you know obviously of the big times you know proxy runs robier rombier uh rombier romboyer how do you say it bauer bauer <laughs> you've got that horse in 19 so that's interesting but freedom fire who just finished second at san vicente uh at 20 so out of the top 20 is there any horses that you're like super pumped about that you feel like could definitely be like a top five horse that's not top five obviously right now um, I thought the Candyman Rocket, given the fact that it was first race against winners, first race going long, um, I thought that horse ran pretty well. I know a lot of people are like, he didn't really finish that well. I think I, I look at Mott the same way I look at Suge. He uses these as preps to get the horse better and better and better. We're stepping up the ladder, you know? And so I, I think Candyman Rocket is a horse that could improve and get better with each start. So um, I, I kind of like him. I don't know if he's a win contender, but he also has tactical speed. I like that about him too. Um, so yeah, he's kind of the one at 15. I'm like, yeah, he could get better. I almost claimed him. Uh, I, I think he has a ceiling though. I don't think he's like elite, but I think he's decent. And I like that Bill Mott's on his side. I think Bill Mott fits this horse pretty well. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he ran pretty well. I mean, uh, all things considered. And he seems like the one, one of those that's kind of, peaking at the right time for for Bill Mott. And he's obviously going to be um, very uh, careful with him as far as where he places him and kind of very diligent. Uh, what do you think of uh, the San Francisco, the, the two top two finishers there, Concert Tour and Freedom Fire, of course, 11 and 20, respectively? Um, obviously, the San Francisco for Bob Baffert is, is a very much of a, of a, of a launching point for, for Derby, official Derby preps. So... You know what? Like obviously, concert tour is going to go to like the rebel or something um, off of that. But what do you do with Freedom Fighter? Yeah, I don't know if Freedom Fighter wants to go like super long, so that's my worry there. Uh, concert tour, I put him at eleven. I probably could put him a little higher. I think he's good, and I think he will get better going long. That's that was my takeaway. But Freedom Fighter ran his balls off in the San Vicente. I thought that was a freaking fantastic race. From that horse, and again, I don't know how long, I don't know how long he wants to run. I think he's a pretty good horse, but concert tour is who I like best coming out of the San Vicente, and we'll just see. Um, here's a good question that's come up. I think from Mark, um, it's kind of long, but basically, it's like the question is, you know, when he handicaps on a Wednesday for weekend races because there's no morning line odds out. Why, you know, why do we need morning line odds? The Sam F. Davis was a joke last week, total joke. Um, can we get rid of the Grade One status for two year olds? Uh, I'll, that was the question too. Uh, that young, you don't know what they're beating. Increased stud value, blah blah. So, so answer number one. So, the morning line odds, and you're right. The Sam F. Davis. I the I talked about it earlier in the beginning of the show. The tournament that the Sam F. Davis was part of that tournament, and it was a it was a joke because you're 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 handicapping this race early in the you know in the morning, and even though you know the odds, you're like this isn't gonna be you know no agenda is not gonna be that, and and Kenny Man Rock is gonna be ten to one, and so you're like. 
trying to take stabs at horses, obviously in tournament situations where you're wanting value, but you can't play Candyman Rock because he was bet down massively. So, yeah, I agree. Like, morning line odds, Halterin, how do you use morning line odds with handicapping, if at all? I don't at all as far as handicapping. But I do think we need morning line odds. And I think I think most of the bigger tracks have a good morning line maker. They, they commit one person to make the morning line, and they do a pretty good job. Tampa Bay is not one of those. Oaklawn Park is not one of those. So there's two places where you can take the morning line odds and you throw them out the window. Fairgrounds, I don't think is very good either. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, Santa Anita, obviously with John White, uh, I think Gulfstream usually is pretty good. I think Naira has pretty good morning line odds maker. They're always going to make mistakes. Uh, but as far as handicapping goes, I don't care about the morning lines whatsoever. Not one little bit. I- to your point, I think it, it's it does it's very important to know who's making the morning lines, you know, like how those are done. So you got to know yeah. the track in particular. But let me ask you, because how do you, you know, it, it seems like more times than not, they run well. When, say, it happens all, you know, you and I, and you know, we played during the week at Gulfstream or whatever, and it's like, happens all the time when a horse, it happens a day. Horse is 10 to 1, you know, morning line. And instantly you see the first click and it's down to, you know, three to one or, or pounded and, and it stays there and it goes off and it usually wins or it runs well because people know something. So in that instance, don't you think morning line odds can be very crucial to helping you kind of come up with the winner? No, because I just don't look at them. I just don't look at the morning lines when I handicap. Um, and I think, I think in that situation, what you're saying though is, you handicap a race if you're a newbie or maybe not even a newbie, but you've only been in it for a limited amount of time. You handicap the race, you look at it. Because I've done this, and I think you probably maybe have too. You handicap a race, you look at it, and you go, well, I really like the two, in this case, Gulfstream today. But it's 10 to 1 morning line, so I go somewhere else. That's what you have to fight against, right? For, don't mm-hmm. don't worry about, okay, I've handicapped all the race. Now I look at the morning line. Oh, no, 10 to 1, no chance. Don't ever do that. You handicap what you no. believe and then forget about the morning line. Don't worry about that. Don't let it pop you off. No, I completely – yeah, you don't – right. You don't – I I play with you. You don't handicap – or I never handicap a race based off of what I see off the morning line. Like, I, that makes no difference to me. Now, to my point earlier about playing – like, when you're playing the tournament, yeah. for instance, or even, you know, or even if you're, you know, playing your pick yep. fours and stuff, like, to, to try to – yeah, you know, like the Sam F. Davis, like that's like you keep going back to that. That's a, that was one of the all timers uh, as far as bad morning lines, and you have to <clears throat> forget the morning line. But you like when it comes to uh, picking a tournament pit horse, you have to know like, well, he's ten to one morning line. Even if I because I Candyman Rocket was my top pick in, in the tournament, but it was like I know he's going to be bet down because that's a stupid morning line. So you end up trying to find the value somewhere else. And that makes it more challenging because when the morning line's that messed up, it does kind of mess with you because it's hard to kind of get to just like the 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 reason to start this weekend. The morning line odds are going to be all over, like or the odds are going to be all over the place versus the morning line odds, based off of the scratches. Obviously, keep me in the mind, keep me in mind being gone. The weather, some of those things are out of their control, but still, the morning line odds are going to be all over the place. I will say it's very the morning line is very frustrating to me because I can look at a morning line and again don't get me wrong when I say this it's a very hard job very very hard job 
it's a thankless job. Anytime you get anything wrong, you're going to get your ass, you know, blasted on Twitter. And it's like, oh, what an idiot. It's very tough. But when you look at that uh, morning line for the Sam F. Davis, you need to go, no agenda is a freaking morning line favorite. Like, that's just crazy. Candyman Rocket at 10 to 1. That's just insane. When you look at the Smarty Jones stakes at Oakland a few weeks back, and you know, Cattle River is 5 to 2 and Cowan is 9 to 5. Like, Cattle River went off at like 2 to 5. It's like, this is great. Right. Like, any idiot can see that. So I do get frustrated when tracks employ people to make the morning line who have no fucking clue what they're doing. And that's it's obviously what happened with Tampa and Oakland. I mean, Oakland is notoriously the worst in the country. I have no idea why a track the size of well, Tampa is not that big of a track. So Tampa, I get it. But Oakland, how can you not have somebody that can make a better morning line? I, I don't really know. But um it's frustrating, but at the same time, I don't handicap with them. I don't expect to get the odds that are that are listed on that morning line. Uh, hardly ever, uh, other than maybe Santa Anita and Naira. I really think they're the two best. The thing about the morning lines that a lot of people don't grasp or understand from the public standpoint is that they're supposed to be what, you know, like John, like we've, you know, like John White, for, who does the morning line for, you know, when the Breeders' Cup's at Santa Anita or does it at Santa Anita, <clears throat> he takes it. I mean, he takes every race he does right. super seriously. And then you go back and look at the race and see, okay, how was it bet? How did, what did I miss? You know, what did I do differently? And he, it's all about how you perceive the public is going to bet the horse, not what you, you know, like smiley or, uh, the, was it, uh, the horse, no agenda, you know, it's like, you got to think that horse is not going to be six to one. How are they going to view that horse and, and bet that horse? And, and uh, what was it? The the Romans horse was that Smiley that was in that race. Mm-hmm. It's like because he was he had the back class. It's like well, no one's gonna no. You, they're not betting him. So they're not. It's how about the, how you think the public's gonna bet? Can't even rock it. Obviously, had you know, there's a lot to like about that horse. That horse can be bet. So when you're making a morning line, you have the whole well, point is to try to guess and try to predict how you think the public's gonna bet the horse. So there's not that variance. I'm the morning line maker at Tampa. Okay. This horse, Candyman Rocket, won by nine links at Gulfstream in a maiden special weight. How is he going to be 10 to 1 at Tampa? He's not. Known agenda, I made 6 to 1 on the morning line, who beat Greatest Honor, who just won the Fountain of Youth one week earlier. How is that horse going to be 6 to 1 on the morning line? He's not. It's logic. It's just following the sport. That's why, to you, to your point, I know John White makes the morning line in Santa Anita. I know John White follows horse racing. I have confidence in his morning lines. I don't know personally the guy that makes the morning lines at, at, at Naira, but I see him on Twitter all the time. He's following horse racing. He knows what's going on. I, like I said, I don't know him personally, but I have confidence that he's following the sport and he knows. Right. So I take those two morning lines, and I'm like, okay, these are probably pretty close to how it's going to go off. Do they make mistakes? Yes. Do they make the mistakes as often as the people at Oakland and Tampa and even Gulfstream to some extent? No, they sure don't. They're much more accurate. I can't believe you're talking this negatively about Willie, at the bathroom attendant at Oakland. I mean, well, I love Willie, the bathroom attendant. I've got him on my phone. He texts me and I was like, come on, man, you know, but listen, <laughs> Willie, the bathroom attendant at Oakland making those morning lights. I, I think he does a good job because, again, I've said on the show a lot, Willie has a lot of jobs at Oakland. Bathroom attendant. Uh, he hands out the candy after you're done. He gives you the paper towel to wash your lot, dry off. A lot of responsibility for Willie, you know? 
lot of responsibility. Friendly fucking guy too, but but he doesn't do well on the morning lines. Yeah, they might want to, you know, maybe Vic should do it or something, you know? Like, it... <clears throat> can I address the grade ones for two years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, we should talk about that. I disagree, and I know Magic's like, yeah, take him out too. You have to look at it like this, Mark and Magic. It's it's a grade one for a two year old, so it's just two. It, it's two year old racing. They're grade ones for that specific time period, uh, for that specific class. So no, I don't. I don't want to take away all grade ones for two year olds. You just have to put them for what they are. It's a grade one for two year olds. Mm-hmm. And there's the hopeful should be a grade one. It's a it's it's a here's and here's what to me here's what makes a grade one. Every two-year-old horse in the country wants to win the hopeful. Every two-year-old horse in the country wants to go out and, and, and win the Del Mar Futurity. So when every horse that's that's running in that crop wants to win that race, that makes it a grade one, in my opinion. No, I agree. And there's been plenty of, of great horses that have come and won those races, you know, um, that, uh, you know, American Pharaoh, right? So, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's horses that, you know, that because they win those races, I feel like they justify the fact that they are grade one. Um, if you have a, if you have a three-year-old and they're, and they're pointing towards Saratoga or they're based in the Midwest or the East and you got them and they're, they're training and you're like, okay, I think we're going to get them a start in May or June in the back of your mind, you've got the hopeful in mind for that horse. Right. And if you're on the West Coast, same difference. And you got a horse and they're starting in May and June. In the back of your mind, the Del Mar Futurity is is a race we're targeting. That's why I think a grade one for two year olds still still means something. No, I mean, I'm with you. I, I've never to be honest with you, I've never once considered getting rid of grade ones uh, in, in when it comes to two year olds, no. because even though, you know, to a lot of horses that they may not run as three. You know, you never know. So I feel like to have that opportunity to run in a grade one um, is important. And it, you have to, and from a handicapping standpoint, you have to, like you said, you have to look at it the same way. Like, okay, yes, they won a grade one, but I can't let that dictate that I'm picking them as a three-year-old um, only yeah. because they've like, well, they're a greatest stakes winner. Well, lots can change between two and three. So you take it, you take it for what it is. They won a grade one at age two. Now we're age three. You win the Eclipse Award at age two doesn't mean you're going to win it at age three. It's just it's the same difference. Yeah. So, but with it, like Essential Quality is a perfect example. He won the Grade One Breeders' Futurity. He won the Grade One Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Those are two races that all two year olds want to win, right? But now we're age three, and does he progress? That doesn't mean that his two year old Grade One wins are worthless, and he's in stupid horse if he doesn't win at three. But can he progress? It's the same thing. It's just, it's like a 16-year-old kid being great in high school. Can he now be great in college? Um, it, it, Mark says, but to go from a maiden special weight to a grade one in one race at two, I get it, but you're breed, beating a lot of maiden winners. What do you think about that? That's a, I mean, that is an interesting um, way to look at it, basically saying you, you win a maiden special weight, then you go win a grade one, and that you can't really do that as a three-year-old. Yeah, I mean it's not a, it's not a terrible point. It's not, but at the same time, in that situation, how else are you going to do it? You know, like you, you, you Lucas said it best. He said, when you break your maiden as a two-year-old, there's no reason to go to allowance in your next race because you're facing 
horses that have never beaten anybody but maidens in an allowance, or you're beat, you're facing horses that have never beaten anybody in a in a grade one stakes. It's the same kind of thing. So that that kind of boasts Mark's point a little bit. To my point, though, it's still a the hopeful is still a race where you most likely are going to see the best horses that are available in that crop right now. Same with same with the Delmar Futurity, same way with American Pharaoh at Santa Anita, same way with Breeders Futurity at Keeneland. I still think you're facing the best of the mm-hmm. best, even though they've only they're only maiden winners. If they had more time, maybe they would have won a maiden grade three to a grade one. But instead they have to jump right to that, not have to, but they can because they're not facing other horses with experience. All right. That's a, I think we have to wrap on this because I think we can talk, can talk about this. We're an hour over an hour and a half now. So um, thank you everybody for tuning in to uh, blinkers off live. Uh, of course we do this every week and, and you go check out the magic Mike show as well. And Halterman and, and Ricky, and occasionally I'm on there or, or magic or Samich or Miranda, whoever you should come on tomorrow. I might, I might, you know, if I get invited, you never know. I, I don't know. Like, you know, Ricky's been talking a lot of about the chiefs the last two days. Just saying there's a reason why I haven't listened. So, um, because I know that idiot would say something stupid that makes no sense whatsoever. Um, but okay. Listen, thank you everybody for tuning in again. Uh, if you're playing this weekend, make sure you keep an eye on our site. Keep an eye on the weather. Uh, what's going to be happening at fairgrounds and you know, and, and how we're going to kind of adjust our handicapping based off of uh, the weather they may or may not get. Uh, remember, go check out racenews.com for our wagering guide with our all our inside information on the fairgrounds card as well. All right. Good luck, everybody. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Haltzman. Good luck. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs>